but you're gonna make money yeah like there's no way you can't make money yeah. for all your time and effort and energy into making money i'm not saying don't go out there and have fun like you can go out every once in a while but you know stay locked in stay focused don't yeah. get caught up into that partying partying cycle that's why i want to ask you about college too but you didn't go to college but because i'm going to college next year yeah so my brother's in college right now he's fucking partying every weekend like i don't want to do that i want to be in college and i want to focus on my future i want to build my future yeah so there's a stigma about college is you go to college to have fun like okay you can have fun but college is for what building your future and a lot of people go to college just to waste their fucking time all right awesome another episode of adversity kings we've got a normal episode probably 160 now 160 plus and help me pronounce did you say iman ani singh ani singh yeah awesome and how old are you i'm 18 i just turned 18 last week bro just turned 18 yeah. bro last week september yeah. baby yeah yes, same sir. bro what's your when's your birthday tomorrow tomorrow yep. oh, happy early birthday thank bro. you bro how old are you turning 75 it feels like <laughs> no i'll be 25 25 yeah oh. yeah so i'll be 25 years old tomorrow and this will be six years of me in the insurance industry man so tell me about yourself where were you born and raised so yeah i was born and raised in chicago but um my parents are originally from india so i'm first generation okay they came over here you know typical story uh immigrants so they came over here on a on a boat and mm -hmm. actually it was all their family they moved from india because they had no opportunities over there there was nothing over there i think i saw you on some pjs on your instagram yeah right yeah my yeah my dad built a, a pretty good business for himself so yeah that's what i was saying it's the american dream bro you yeah. come over here from nothing and make a multi-million dollar business like what he build a real estate company. Real estate company. So basically what he does, he brokers the lease of a gas station. So there's a gas station. He finds the buyer and connects it to the bigger company. This company owns thousands of gas stations. He's the middleman. Mm -hmm. So he brokers the lease and he charges a finder's fee on the gas stations he finds for buyers. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, it's very niche down business in the real estate business. It's, it's really niche. Nobody's doing it. So that's why he's making a killing off it. Yeah. So yeah, he came here from India. Didn't have nothing didn't know a lick of english yeah but he did come here with his family though that's one thing i uh, give credit to indians they come here with family and they stick together with family real tight yeah they they never uh steer away from that and that's that's something i want to do with my family as well me and my brother cousins all live together same house yeah together our incomes you know trying to make a killer yeah stay that. tight build that community kind of like like tate talks about yeah. having that like brother household community Everything's in one name, the cars, the mm -hmm. houses, all the assets. Yeah, bro. 100%. I like that a lot. I'm trying to do something similar to that. You got siblings? Yeah, this is my sister. Oh. So sister and then my mom. So my vision is just try to build a community between the two and a half of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Half the time my sister can come over. And <laughs> yeah, that's good, bro. Yeah, you know, the you other half. Yeah, 100%. I'll have her in the house, the turtle house I'll be building. So her and the turtle will share a house together. Yeah, bro. So that's what I just really learned from. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from my family, bro. Just sticking together, never staying away from the family aspect, and just. Who were you closest with growing up, mom or dad? Mom, for sure. Mom. Like I had a uh, a tough upbringing. Um, starting because you know they had me when they, oh, like came over here two years ago and they had me. So in two years, when my dad had me, he was working as a taxi driver mm -hmm. in Chicago. Cause back then, all the Indians had to work in Chicago because they couldn't work in the suburban area because they're getting racially profiled. Yeah. So all they they basically all worked for one company, a taxi company in Chicago, and that's what he was working for. Yeah, because you were probably what born two thousand four or five. Five. Two thousand five. Right after. And then that's four years after two thousand one. Yeah, nine eleven. And then anybody yeah. that's probably like more like warm color skin like us you know what i mean and then mm -hmm. obviously having more of the look like you i've heard i've had so many different muslims around my age 
uh, that grew up and experienced and saw their parents just get completely harassed and just racially profiled. So that's that's a whole other level of adversity you got to overcome too. Yeah, and that that just teaches how you maneuver, maneuver through life. Yeah. So it teaches you how to you know scan your surroundings, trying to read people, trying to see if he's coming at you hostile or not. So it really gave me a good sense of understanding of how to read the room, how to read people, and yeah. see if I'm in a safe environment or not. So that really what it taught me as well. But he was uh, doing a taxi driver. He's a taxi driver for, I'd say, two to three years, just stacking up the money. He was living in motels, you know, apartment hopping, all types of stuff. But then, you know, he was gone to the real estate business. And then it took him about probably five to six years to actually get it up and running and mm-hmm. trying to see, even see a profit from the business. Yeah. So that's why I tell people that you got to be able to put the work in for five to six years. Yeah, bro. And see Look no, at this video I so just showed. Much, see new, uh, no money come in, and then, you know, you could reap the uh, benefits of your labor, bro. I, I shared this with our company this morning. That's facts, bro. Yeah. Crazy. You hit the nail right on the head. Especially back then, because the internet was not big back then. Yeah, all this internet not money, all. it was not. You had to do a brick and mortar business yeah. or something like hands on. That's how I started the insurance. Was obviously there was still internet. You were able to market yourself on the internet, but it was door to door. So I had to knock on every door and sit down with every client. You know what I mean? And there was probably I probably sat down with three thousand. I would imagine three thousand plus clients in my first. Two and a half years, three years roughly of, of building the insurance business before it transitioned into into the uh, COVID realm. And then we obviously went fully virtual. So that brick and mortar is no joke. Yeah. So um, I'll ask a question for you. Why did you decide to get into the insurance industry and going into it? Did you see any downside or upside going like I, you obviously have to do some research going yeah. in before? And so, what made you choose the insurance industry over any other industry out there? Yeah. So one, I didn't choose the insurance industry. I think God chose Mm -hmm. the insurance industry for me because I was deep in prayer and just at a you know you ask if there was any downside or upside when you're at rock bottom everything's upside you know what I mean so this is the hardest part again from zero to one that's the hardest part you have nothing you gotta do go out there put the work in but yeah so for me it was like this was a upside a legal upside you know Mm -hmm. where from where I was there was no like downside you know, maybe going to a third world country, like if I lived in like in like a, a bad part of India, I would imagine that would mm-hmm. be even worse than than what I was already going through. So uh, the the upside was, you know, easy. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was this was this was easy for me to differentiate and immediately recognize the opportunity available. And so I capitalized on it, stayed faithful and put my head down and did the work. And, you know, six years later, here we are. So, yeah. How do you even start in it? Like what from you know nothing about insurance? What's the first step? Like you, yep. you, you is your mind. I want to start insurance insurance industry. What's the first step? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So, well, you're specifically like somebody like myself is life insurance. So if you, you know, it's like, man, I see all these individuals making a lot of money in life insurance. Step number one is get your life insurance license. Step number two is to contact a brokerage or a some type of organization, life insurance organization that you want to be associated with, on board with that organization. Step number three is start making dials. They typically are going to set you up with some type of resource system. Our resources are the best and they're free. So mm-hmm. if you're watching this and you want free resources, the best resources, make sure you reach out to me. But other places, they, they've got decent systems as well. They'll charge you for the leads. They'll give you X amount of leads or you'll just sell family and friends and build you know, referrals and, and network from there. But that's pretty much how all businesses are built in general. So it's pretty much a three-step process, which I, I would break down any business 
you know, building or, or revenue building to about a two or three step process. Keep it real simple. Mm -hmm. So uh, how old how old were you when you started? Your age. You were 18? Yeah, 18. So you were in college? I was 18, or? but my birthday month is September. So I got hired in September and I turned 19. Mm -hmm. And I tried college for a week or two. I was at a, I was at an HBCU. I was, you know, my sister and I, we tried to reconnect with my, my dad, you know, a couple times since he got out. Both my mm -hmm. parents went away. My dad did the most time. We haven't had the best relationship with him for most of our lives, really any relationship with him. But we tried, didn't work out. And I was at an HBCU called Philander Smith, which is all black school. So I was like the whitest kid there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Had my cornrows though down to my <laughs> shoulders and I, you know, I felt fly. And um, I always wanted to be a part of the Qs. I don't know if you know anything about frats or anything, yeah, yeah. but that's the, basically I thought it was like an all black frat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Where they wear purple and they bark and everything. Yeah, I thought I've that was that. like, they just look tough. So I yeah. was like, man, that would be, that would be hard to be a part of that. And, but didn't work out, man. I was deep in prayer. I was I was deeply reading my Bible every night, deeply worshiping every single opportunity that I could, giving away money that I didn't have. You know, I would, I would, you know, I was working at my dad's restaurant and, you know, I'd get a couple bucks off him and I'd see homeless people and like my heart was just burning to just give and worship Jesus. And uh, man, I just, I feel like he just kind of pulled me back with my, with my mom and, you know, I get back into Pennsylvania, my best friend, I'm working for him, you know, selling pizzas or and, and washing dishes mainly at uh, shout out Joey O's. Make sure when we marketing uh, media team, it's J I O I S, J I O I O S. So sometimes when we put it out there, the captions they be spelling it weird. But man, Angelo and and his 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 family, his mom, rest in peace. Like another mom to to me, she uh, passed away a year or so ago. But they took me in. They took us they both both in basically, and always gave me an opportunity and things like that. But I remember transitioning quickly out of that into uh, life insurance. I was uploading my high school diploma sitting underneath my iPad up there and I was uploading it. And what's unique about the diploma is that I don't really claim it because my mom did my 11th and 12th grade school work for me because I was expelled my sophomore year mm -hmm. and I was forced into a cyber charter school. Fighting and just being bad. I was just a bad, just a, just a, just a kid with no vision and no guidance. In high school? In high school, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so, from there, the expulsion led to the cyber school. I'm working at Joeyo's, trying to rekindle a relationship with my dad, and just all these things are happening. But at the very core, it's Jesus. I'm praying, and, and I upload this diploma onto Indeed, different job sites. I get an automated email from Arius agencies. I thought it was legit. You know what I mean? I thought it was like Simon Arius. That's my business partner, my mentor. thought he emailed me individually. As I look back years after that, I was like, man, this is an automated email. But uh, I called them, scheduled an interview, realized it was legit, got my insurance license, and that's the longer version of how I got into the insurance industry. So you didn't last in college? No, it was a week, week or so, not even. I was just, I, I don't know what, what I, I, don't, I think I had probably started, I don't know when I like had this epiphany of like, I need to grow, like mm -hmm. I need to break out. I think, I don't know if I... The mindset shift. Yeah, the mindset shift, something, and, you know, I just finally broke, and, like, you know, I remember drinking at a young, young age and just being involved in a, in a, in a, in just a very curious crowd at a younger age, because my best friend's brother was older, so we just had access to things quicker, and so, like, I think I was exhausted from the partying, and, you know, I'd already gotten in enough trouble and things like that, that, like, I, that wasn't really for me anymore, so I remember reading even prior to this probably six months prior to this in, in a book called The Secret just changed my life mm -hmm. and my mind. And it had me so hungry for growth that I was reading and developing my mind. And so I think it, it all really just kind of aligned itself 
with this opportunity. And then I just, again, you know what I mean? Just kind of wake up and like, man, I'm selling life insurance. What would you say caused that mindset shit? Was it seeing something? Was it maybe I'm tired of life? If you were to look at it logically, I don't like to look at things just, I would say faithfully, Jesus is absolutely the, what, what caused the shift. It was Mm -hmm. his time. God's timing is right. It's perfect. You can't interfere with it. But if you were to look at it logically and try to break it down with a scientific explanation, I think one of the one of the great leaders that I read from, there's a couple books of his right here, John Maxwell, he says, individuals really only change for a few reasons. One, they learn enough, they have a desire to change. Secondly to that is almost like an enlightenment, which is still learning. And then thirdly is, is there's enough pain, they hurt enough, that then they obviously desire to change as well. So I think it was a combination of all of those things and and then that faith as well that just it all aligned with like man I, I was learning and I was hurting and there was enlightenment and there was Jesus and it's like it just all made sense. Yeah. So yeah, I mean even for me it was last summer my my best friend got killed. It was yeah. Since he, he's my friend since I was fifth grade, bro. Yeah. Someone he got killed. Rest in peace, Anthony Salcedo. But I was like I got the call him when I was like oh shit like this yeah. is real. Life can get actually real. I was living in an illusion. I was just, you know being a regular seventeen year old just fucking around doing yeah. bullshit but I was like damn this is real so after that I just had like damn I gotta go do something with my life like at this trajectory I'm gonna be a fucking bum yeah so that's where it really changed for me and then I haven't taken it started taking this you know I started hustling like back in December yeah you know just making clothes selling it trying to leverage the people around me trying to make money off them yeah but then I had to shift my mindset to to, to like a business owner to I need to start a business so the 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 mindset from a hustler to a business like a hustler you just trying to hustle people you're trying to make yeah. money yeah but, quick dollar but in business you got to be legal and you got to be stay true to the to the marathon because in business you you're not gonna see it's very uncertain like your income is very uncertain one month you might make ten thousand other month you might make five dollars yeah so that's the main difference of I had to um, if I was doing it for the money it wouldn't last because every month my money or my income would change so. I had to change my mindset from a hustler to a business owner, and that's what I did. So that's what I was going to ask you is, so starting off from a life insurance agent, what um, what are some things you changed from that mindset you had then to now as then now you're running this whole office and everything? Yeah, I think I think it really just simply broke down to relationship building. You know what I mean? I think it was yeah. when I initially started, there there was no desire for me to patiently go through the process of, relationship building with individuals when it comes to building a business with them and having the patience to walk through how to sell, when to sell, where to sell, how to then transition into leadership. You know, I just wanted people to immediately catch on and just do the things that I told them to do without there being any depth to the why, the clarity on the how. And I was just like, do this robotically because I do it. So I need you to do it. And so I think it's a combination of, again, reps, time, and that patience to build the relationships. And that's what allowed this to evolve into actually being a business owner, starting the own, our own franchise out here and, you know, seeing the success that we've had over the last three years. So, so I was talking with Dave uh, a couple yeah. weeks back and I, I was talking about how you, Pat, you, you watch Patrick Bay David. Yeah. Yeah. And how he niched down in his business yeah. with Latino women and all that. Yeah. With business insurance agents. And I was talking with him, which you guys did the, almost the same thing, but you guys had a twist. Your niche is 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old. Yeah. Uh, people who are have that burning desire right now. Yeah. So what made you guys um, g- uh, recruit church agents around that age? Like what was like what was the thinking or process behind that? 
I think the like the simplest answer would be that's just, you know, I took over. I started my own company at 21. Like I became a franchise owner at 21. So like I, you just attract who you are, you mm -hmm. know. And you know, obviously Patrick David isn't a Latina woman, but you know there must have been some individuals in his organization that had a lot of influence that were probably around that description. And for me, it's like I've always you know been a been a centerpiece to our deal and our business, and, and I've tried my best to to be a point of influence where I have my hand on who are the individuals we're going to attract in this business and keep in this business. And obviously being younger, athletic, that's, that's typically the people we attract. So mm -hmm. we'll see as we get old, as I get older, what happens. But yeah. right now it's still that. And, you know, it's worked in our favor. You know, I like, I like, I like Deion Sanders a lot. I like trying to be, you know, I like trying to be the father figure mm -hmm. that, that I didn't have always, you know what I mean? I, I like to try to share that in the best context as I can. Cause there's a lot of great things that I know I still got from my dad, um, but I just didn't have access to that for most of my childhood, right? So with that, I think I want to be that in our broken society, in our broken world, for all the young men and young women to, that are out there that are lost and broken. I try to incorporate that into our culture. That's, so that would be the twist for us is I have a natural desire to try to be the the father that, that I didn't have, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, even... even I mean, starting out, like, what did you sacrifice? Because, you know, for me, it Everything. was more of my social life, and yeah. I still am sacrificing my social life. You know, telling my friends, I'm not going to hang out with you tonight. Uh, I got to go work. So, yeah. like, for you, what was that sacrifice? Man, let me, I, I kept a list. A list of sacrifices? A list, of, yeah, of everything. So, I know, personally, it was sleep right away. Like, sleep, yeah. I, I think I wrecked five times. Yeah, so I wrecked five times in my career. Fell asleep behind the wheel the first time was 2017, October. 2018, March, I moved out when I was 19. I was also the number two agent for, for the company at 19 years old. Technically number one if you go off quality standards. Number 47 in all the, out of 10,000 reps. So that was an accomplishment there. Um, moved to Lincoln. January of 2020, I think I was 21, and within nine months, that's how, like, my birthday month, I got the call to get promoted. Lost a stud, so I lost somebody, a very powerful person in, in my business at that point, and I think I had, like, $100,000 of business fall off, so that was painful, a lot of sacrifice there, but that just gives you an idea of, like, people, car accidents, the the friends immediately. I think it, I always had a small group of friends, but like even my best friend, like we we still talk pretty much every other day. But there was probably a couple of years that I didn't, we didn't talk much. My mom and sister, like they can tell you, you know, my sister tell you I like to embellish things. You know, what mm -hmm. I, mean? I like to make the story sound a little better. But uh, you got to be a good storyteller. You know, I, you know, maybe not a fabricator, but you got you got to be you got to be a good storyteller. But yeah. you know, she gotta you gotta admit, like there wasn't much talking the first couple of years of me building this business to your mom. You know what I mean? We would catch up. We would still do, we'd still meet, at least meet up for like a Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, but there wasn't much like, talk. I didn't know what Did was you? going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. 24 seven. But like, did your family believe in you at first or did it yeah, like, uh, I don't know if she did, but I think my mom did. Yeah, she didn't know what was okay. going on. Yeah. yeah, she was like Understood. crashing cars into trees and stuff. <laughs> you called me that one day. It was like, hey, I'm in a tree. My friend, 
<laughs> so much. I don't know, but yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much uh, conversation there. But I still I feel like I call my mom every other day or so. But like, you know, it's like I think people like they overcomplicate, you know, the the sacrifices, but they'll yeah. also underestimate as well. Like they'll think like, man, if you can't go a couple days without seeing your mom or something like that, like you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful. You know what I mean? Like you for for somebody that that again, I think Dana White says it phenomenally. Like if you could just remotely be a savage. You're going to take over the world. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, as, we live in a weak ass world right now. Uh, yeah, as a generation is getting like my generation, bro. I look around, there's like people on like just doing bullshit. Yeah. But then I come to a place like this, it opens my eyes. Like, damn, there's 19 year olds, 20 year olds that's working. Yeah. So it's actually inspiring. I got a 20 year old with a McLaren here, bro. Yes, that's that's crazy, bro. Because I I don't see that back yeah. home. Or you know, if I go when I go to school at back in North Carolina. I don't see that. I mean, yeah, I, I play because I'm a I'm an athlete. I, I play at, at a prep school. Yeah, like you know, some I just played at a prep school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you play basketball at a prep school? Yeah, it's it's. I got to uh, practice five hours a day, and then yeah, if I'm not practicing, I'm working on my business. So yeah, that's that's the um, yeah, bro. So that even like shit like TikTok is like killing my generation, even focus wise, because yeah. they can't even read a fuck a, pay, a chapter of a fucking book. Yeah. So. Even if you like, when I come here, it opens my eyes. I see twenty-one year olds hustling, grinding. I'm like, okay, there's competition out there still. There's still people out there who yes. still want this shit. Yes. So that's the that's the thing that uh, that's why I want to come here mainly yeah. because the competition. Yeah. I need I need some competition in business. I got competition in basketball. Where's it in business though? Yes. I need people to push me. I need people to be in the office before me. I need people to tell me I'm slack. Like, I need yeah. I need that in my life. That desire. That burning. That competition. Yeah. I love it. I love the competition. I thrive off the competition, especially and I in sales. Because you, you like, I'm, he made ten thousand. Okay, I'm trying to make twelve thousand. I'm trying to make fourteen thousand. So yeah. there's a big competition in sales. Um, in the sales, you know, aspect of business. Absolutely, the competition's vital, and and when an individual can hone in on a competitive nature, and then you can extrapolate on that. I I, I know for a fact that is the number one reason. I don't know, like, Elia, do you know anybody more competitive than me? Like. Like, un the, like unhealthy. Like it's, it's usually not the most competitive people in business that survive. <laughs> yeah, and make it it's not. It's not healthy. Yeah, even insurance is a cutthroat business. Yeah, like even I, uh, the story about Patrick Bay David. Uh, I think insurance industry was trying to sue him and take all of his money and basically ruin his life. That's yeah. how cutthroat it can get. Oh. More cutthroat than basketball. In basketball, you can get a little it. scratch yeah. stitches. But in business, you your life gonna get ruined. Yeah, You're not gonna, you you can't pay the bills. Yes. you can't pay that baby mama her bills. Yeah. So. <laughs> they come for your reputation nowadays, especially mainstream media. Like yeah. like I have a I had a Bryce Bryce Mitchell. He's a UFC fighter. He won last night, fights featherweight, and he got on my podcast speaking about Jesus, speaking about controversy in the world. You'll see backlash and shadow bans. And different things come up on an individual that opposes mainstream media that is controlled by fear-mongering, propaganda, political figures, and these individuals mm -hmm. that want to make you and force you to believe a certain way. And if you speak out against it, they'll attack your business, they'll demonetize you. And that's not to take away from the, the criminals, mm -hmm. the individuals that do... Yeah you know, actually participate or actually commit these heinous crimes. They should be held accountable and justice should be served. But I believe in equality in pretty much every aspect of life. They use I, it as a weapon. Yes, absolutely. And so I, I don't think, I don't think, absolute power absolutely corrupts. You know why, what I mean? Why so, do they do it though? It, it's, it's, you know, power, like Abraham Lincoln, I believe he said, you know, you can give any man success, but if you really want to test his character test his power you know what i mean give him power so when i would say you know a lot of people would say you know what's the most addictive thing in the world they, they'd say drugs 
when you give someone power, oh, there is something that is so addictive about power. Look at every history book. There, it's not. I think you know slavery gets associated with the African culture specifically, but there are still slaves mm -hmm. in a lot of European countries, aged countries, directly associated with with those nationalities. You know, I bet if we went to India, there's probably 100%. parts of India where there's slavery that's still yeah, in existence, I see it. and it's just not marketed. So just mm -hmm. because whatever we market, that's what we believe. So it's mm -hmm. like these people have tasted power, and it's been generationally mutated and delivered where. Now, you know, you have these different groups that, that are, you know, Illuminati or things like that, where it's like, these are, there's, it's all been the same since the beginning of time. It's darkness, it's satanic, and, and it's all, you know, this world is, is the kingdom of the devil. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't God's domain. I always remind myself when I think, like, my life's going to crap or the world's going to crap, and I'm like, to live is Christ, to die is to gain. This isn't his kingdom. This isn't, this isn't home field for us. Home field for us, for me, is is heaven. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to get everything I... And I'm not the best. You know, I'm, You're I'm doing this for a bigger purpose. Bigger purpose, And a absolutely. lot of people don't have that. A lot of people scro stroll through life like, yeah, I'm Because if living. you fight just for money, like, that's why I love that, like, we had humble beginnings, and I used to say we grew up in poverty, and then I, like, realized, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually being... I'm actually shaming the individuals that are growing up in poverty. Mm -hmm. We had food stamps and... You know, but my sister always reminds me I never missed a meal, so I, you know I guess I have to. <laughs> but but like you know what I mean? Like we still didn't get everything we wanted. You know, we we were living in borderline American poverty, which you take American poverty and you put it into a third world country, and you're the king there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like bro, you should see. I go to India every summer, bro. You're the king I, in India I, with I, American poverty. I walk out. There's there's a cow. There, there's there's stray dogs. There's cow shit on the ground. Yeah, it's it's bad, bro. It's bad. And just tore down buildings. Fucking monkeys running around, like, yeah, and and like, you'll and you'll be around those people and just a smile, just joyous. Yeah, they're, you know they're I mean? happy because they're they, you happy. know why they got family. They don't yes. care about their uh, they don't care about their environment. They got family, and that's all they need. That's is it all still the need. caste system in India? The, the uh, yeah. is it the caste yeah, system yeah, so, where you're born into a a section and you can never leave it? Essentially, well, that's not not no more. That was more in the past because yeah. now. What people in India try to do is this is what they, they, so in India, they focus on education a lot because that's their way out. So that's what my dad preaches to me. All the preachers You guys have education. to have the most doctors. Yeah, I know. So that, and, and IT. You see yeah. all the IT, even all the Google CEOs are all Indian. All the CEOs are Indian. Yeah. And um, Silicon Valley, they're all Indian. Yeah. I, I would say at least 90% are Indian because IT is very pushed. IT is a very good industry because yeah. IT cannot be replaced by AI. IT makes AI. Yeah. So you can't replace the IT industry. Like you know, people say AI is replacing everything, but the IT people are the one who make the AI. Yeah. They're the ones who configure the AI to do other shit. So that's yeah. why uh, in India, so people just get their education and they go to USA. That's yeah. what my dad did. He got his education. First, he went to Germany and went to college there for a little bit. Then he went to uh, America. That's the, like the dream is go to America. That's the dream. A, I had an hour-long conversation with an Indian. This is bringing me back recollection from the conversation. And he was my taxi driver, hustler, mm -hmm. asking me about insurance. And I was asking him about his, his culture, you know what I mean? And Because still the accent still goes back and visits. And I was like, you work so hard. Why don't He's like, I don't want to work uh, for the man or different things like that. So he was very, he was very uh, opinionated in regard to how he wanted to distribute his efforts. But he was, I was asking him because I was just curious. I was like, and he was a farmer. I was like, so what's more dangerous, the tiger or the cobra, and he said the cobra. He said if you just carry meat around, the tiger's just hungry. You just throw it meat, and mm -hmm. and it's. I mean, the story sounded very believable. Sometimes I feel like people are just you know BSing me, mm -hmm. but it's like um, it was cool to hear just the the overall 
perspective he had on on India. Do you know what I mean? This is an older yeah. man, so he brought definitely like a lot more. Yeah, but that, that's there. the dream. Because if you see an American, uh, America, the Americans are the ones who hate America for yeah. some odd reason. But you see all the foreigners are here protesting for the American flag. Yeah, and because they seen it's usually foreigners because they seen both sides of the world. Yes, they seen how third world countries are and they seen America. And when yes. they come here. They came here from nothing and made a fucking multi-million dollar business. Yeah. Why wouldn't they protect that country with all they fucking got? Because yeah. they made them rich and they made their kids have a better life. Because yeah. if I would have grew up in India, I would have been fucked, to be honest. Yeah. yeah like, I would have been fly. I would have been probably carrying milk on my head or some shit. Like, I would have been doing so- <laughs> yeah. something bad. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be in the position I'm in right now for 100%. 100%. Not at all. So my dad had to make that sacrifice. He probably... He had to work 10 times harder because there was no internet. There was yeah. no phones. There was nothing. It was right after 9-11. The Iraq invasion was about so when um, Obama invaded Iraq, you see, because uh, I studied um, Sikh discrimination in school. Yeah. So when I, Obama invaded Iraq, the discrimination rate went up against Sikhs and Indians because people miss, you know, Sikhs are the ones who wear the turbans. Yes. So they misrepresent, uh, uh, like they think they're Afghanis or the terrorists. Yes. So even in the Trump era as well, people, uh, people, got discriminated a lot. So it's still happening and it's just people Indians gotta work ten times harder just because yeah, you know, they're there's a lot of Indians in this area though. Yeah, I know. There's a it's lot. Oakbrook? Yeah, because yeah, there I'll be there's an Indian wedding like all the time at the Western. Yeah, the Western you know what I mean? yeah. like there's all I, like once a week I'll see an Indian we- uh, like wedding up there. So yeah. and I'm like this is a really strong culture. Like cause like there's it doesn't seem like there's any modification. Like they'll be fully like cultured down in regard to outfits and like you can just tell you know what I mean the the curry. Do you have a favorite Indian food? Yeah, butter chicken and naan. You have you tried have you ate any food before? I've eaten Indian food. I've gone to like Indian restaurants. Oh you yeah, know what it's mean? amazing, so I, I, bro. I have like different ideas. And you have to take a shit after. I'm I'm besting you. I pro I got so like growing up so hardcore, bro. Like I got a bulldog stomach. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, I could eat whatever. You know what I mean? Like I could probably go to India and be fine right now and just start eating with the locals. Yeah. <laughs> it would take maybe a day to adjust for me. Yeah, but it's a different world out there, bro. You when you once you see both sides of the world, you start yeah, to appreci- I can't even imagine. You start to appreciate it so much. It's it's crazy. I think the popula- I think India is uh, projected to have the largest population like uh, yeah, it's so continent. dense. In India is it's only first it's the high class or low class. There's no there's no middle class. Yeah. So it's either you're rich or you're poor. Yeah, I think I think America will be there in at least a, probably a decade or so. Hundred percent. The middle class is evaporated. Yeah, it's completely gone. Because you see the presidents, every like all the bills that be put into place, even the Federal Reserve, what they when they pump money into the economy, who is it helping? It's helping the rich people. Yeah, the rich it goes, get richer. It just goes back up to yeah. the even with the stimulus checks. When they put the stimulus checks, what happened? What did ninety nine percent people do with stimulus checks? They spent it. <laughs> yeah. And went, where does that money go? They went and got a Walmart TV. To the top. Yeah. The the stockholder stock goes up. Everything like. Yes, the rich is always gonna keep getting richer because yeah. the poor are illiterate. They don't know. They don't know. They're financially illiterate, so they don't know what to do with their money. Yeah, and they just don't know the, how the world works. Absolutely, they're, they live in a false illusion just because of mainstream media as well. That's why I think the main goal for mainstream media is to keep the poor poor and the rich richer. So yeah, they, they're they're not gonna tell the truth, obviously. Yeah, but now I see even with social media, there's a lot of truth being told out there. Like it's changing. Yeah, five years ago. You would know what you would not. There wasn't would, yeah. people speaking out. There's you know nothing. I mean, there wasn't much. There was conspiracies, but these conspiracies are now facts, and mm-hmm. you know. So now it's like if you're a conspiracy theorist, you, depending on your political agenda, you just automatically know it's true, or you're just offended by it, so you're going to deny it. So, you know, I think things are definitely 
we're we're at a very we're at a very volatile age right now. I, I've been telling individuals it's like you're gonna get rich for sure, no matter what. If you're if you're a dog, you're gonna get insanely Dude, rich right have, now. If you put all your efforts into one goal is to make, you're gonna make money. Yeah, like there's no way you can't make money if yeah. you put all your time and effort and energy into making money. I'm not saying don't go out there and have fun. Like you can go out every once in a while, but you know, stay locked in, stay focused. Don't yeah. get caught up into that partying, partying cycle. That's why I want to ask you about college too. But you didn't go to college, but because I'm going to college next year. Yeah. So my brother's in college right now. He's fucking partying every weekend. Like I don't want to do that. I want to be in college and I want to focus on my future. I want to build my future. Yeah. So there's a stigma about college is you go to college to have fun. Like okay, you can have fun, but college is for what? Building your future. And a lot of people go to college just to waste their fucking time. So why the hell are you even in college? Yeah. Why do you think people go to college and just party every day? Like, what is well, the stigma behind that? Well, I would say college 99.99% of the time is just a societal-driven, Yeah. You it's know, pushed on them from their yeah, parents. Yeah, like, so you have like, to go to college, that's how you're going to make money. You, it's just a piece of the cog, you know what I mean? So... Just a bunch of hamsters, and they're telling you guys, "Hey, go get on your hamster wheel and do it." You know, do what we did. You know, so like, you know, and I hate to offend all the individuals. You know, I don't want to offend you either. You know, going to college or things like that. But mm -hmm. then you have the point zero one percent that maybe there's a slithering of a chance that they intentionally decided to select some type of college for some type of strategical networking that they knew was going to have a ten x, a thousand x ROI from being engaged in different circles and groups and having access to different network that was going to, again, obviously quantify their income. But again, 99.99% of the time that does not occur. And you play basketball for prep school, so you got to be a decent ball player. Yeah. Would you take ball handling advice from an individual that didn't even play further than elementary school. Mm, that's what I was saying. Because I'm, I'll go. I'm gonna be in college making more than my fucking teachers. Like, yeah. So I don't so, understand why people go to college. You yeah. know what I mean? But I mean, it's just pushed on from my parents. So yeah. I'm not gonna like tell my dad no. But I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna see because he whooped my ass. But I'm, a, I'm gonna see the position I'm in next year. And I'm gonna see what happens. Like maybe yeah. I'm making so much money where I don't even have to go to fucking college. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the that's the thing about college. I don't I don't really like it to be honest. Yeah. Because even I asked my dad. I, I said, B, did you use your business degree to start your business? He said, no. Yeah. So I'm like, why do I have to go to college? He's like, you know, just have the degree in your back pocket as a plan B. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I, I can respect that. But you see all these business people. They ask, do. ask him if he had a plan B. Hell no. He did not have no plan B. Yeah. Yeah. Go to America and make something out of his fucking self. Bro. Yeah. So yeah, that was not no plan B. But yeah. So, I mean, I would say college would be, even if you're. Cause my brother's studying finance, so I would say finance. Like, I would say that was a good option for him. Cause when I start my business, who who's gonna be my financial advisor? It's gonna be my brother. Yeah. So that's that's another good thing. Cause um, there's certain topics, some um, degrees in college that will pay you a lot. Like IT. My um, my cousin's he's an IT expert, some shit like that, and he gets paid a lot, a yeah. lot of money. So it's something in the college that are worth it. But 99% of the shit in college is not worth that at all, bro. No, I agree. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what do you think the biggest scam in America is? Well, I think we're talking about it right now. College? <laughs> yeah. I would say the Federal Reserve. Yeah? Did you read a book? Did you read the Creature from Jekyll Island book? I don't think so. Oh, it's an expose on the Federal Reserve. It's crazy, bro. Yeah? Yeah, they exposed the fuck out of the Federal Reserve. Well, I, you, obviously, I would say politically, you know what I mean, that, that politics in general would be the biggest scam mm -hmm. in, in the world. You know what I mean? Just 
having individuals that we tax a percentage of everything, redirect those funds for those individuals to a lot to themselves, and then have access to undercutting the market, you know, anything that they, any type of affiliation with, with, with uh, pre-exposed market predictions, things like that, where they can like, what Nancy Pelosi is on like a couple hundred thousand dollar salary or something like that, mm -hmm. but her net worth is like a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah. So it's like, you know, obviously, again, absolute power, absolutely corrupt. So if, if we're talking a broad band scam, it would be, you know, politics. I think it should be a hundred percent commission. I think if it, you you are fine to reign, but if you're going to reign and have you know political power over some type of jurisdiction, then your compensation needs to correspond with your results, right? But then also your accountability corresponds with your results as well. Do bad, like if, if an area is down in profitability, the education system's down, growth is down, you know, crime is up, then then you're you're out or you're you owe like chargebacks yeah, and insurance. Like yeah. you owe us money. Yeah. How did we elect you and you made our you know our territory worse? Mm -hmm. You owe us a hundred thousand dollars. You know yeah. I think things would change rather quickly. And what's what's cool is because every scam always leads back to, you know, John Maxwell always says in all of his leadership books is everything rises and falls on leadership. So we could say college, we can say big pharma, we can say all these things and it's all gonna lead back to but, a point of origin, which is leadership. Who really leads the country? Yeah. Who runs the country? Is it the president? I, I don't think it's the president. No, no, not at all. I think it's the people who, the stockholders, the, yeah. the people who... Um, no, I think there's families that have an absurd amount of wealth that are not exposed publicly and you know might be half lizard you know like yeah. like like i would i swear to god like the more like yeah, we like be. you know look into it like maybe the i want to be surprised lizard, if, but they, like, if they somebody on the fucking news just turns into a lizard yeah bro you know it's like you know it's like you know we you, we think people are rich based off what we google and yeah. that's 80 percent inaccurate yeah imagine all the people that aren't on google do you know how many people are in the middle east are probably so rich that they yeah. don't have their name Crazy. on google you're, like, I mean, I don't see why. I mean, it's, it's good to not expose your network. That oil it, money it, and everything, you know what I mean? Like, And they're just, just just families in general that just probably have wealth that couldn't be spent for the next 10 generations. Mm -hmm. If they tried, you know, and it's like those individuals, they collaborate. Everything stays within the family. You got the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. It's like these families that are just so intertwined of like, hey, look, if you you can have a... You can have a husband, but it's gonna be your cousin Frankie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you, our our money ain't even leaving the family, yeah. I and mean, we're so rich that you know you're not gonna have these inbred genetics. We're just gonna modify the genetics, and we're gonna stay normal, keep our money. Everything stays here, and if you talk out, we'll murder you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, it's like those very controversial topics of like, like Epstein. Like, how are these individuals? How do people like like? The individuals that marched on January, was it January 6th, to overthrow the Capitol or make some type of response to the Capitol? How do those individuals, one gentleman got like a proud boy, I think got 26 years of prison. Yeah. But there's a list exposed, a full list, fully exposed of individuals that visited Epstein's child island. You know what I mean? And the mm -hmm. listeners can you know, obviously do the rest. And nothing, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing there, right? No one talks about it. There's no accountability. There's no the, accountability. There's no so accountability. it's like absolute power absolutely corrupts the biggest scam is always going to be leaders that are corrupted corrupted yeah. leadership is the biggest scam. especially i think this presidential uh, for joe biden when he got into uh, um office the whole american public like they're oh like what God. the fuck is he doing like what mm. is this bullshit so they really woke yeah. up to that as well but what even what do you what do you why do you think to slander donald trump so much why do you think he's why do you think he's um 
facing a lot of uh, jail time right now. Like, why do you think this is all happening? So I think it's obvious. I think, you know, anybody that's going to oppose mainstream media, mainstream propaganda, and, and that has a public... The, the amount of attention that you have will determine the amount of fight back that yeah, they get. 100%. We're not going to get much yeah. response from this. You and I don't have much attention. Yeah. If Donald Trump was sitting here and recording this, it would they would freak out. They would shadow ban me. You know what I mean? Like, we would get blacklisted and, and different things like that. But so it, it really corresponds with how much attention you can generate and then what your opinions are. You, if they if they oppose the mainstream media, then yeah, they're going to shut. There's, there's no, there's no, Complicated answer to it. Simply, if you go against what is making them happy and fueling their pockets, they're going to try to shut you down. What do you think is the final goal? Why is, why is the establishment, is why are they doing it? What is the final goal? What is the final, what do they want to accomplish from this? Like what, oh, yeah, it makes one, me wonder. Yeah, world order. You know what I mean? It's, it'll be, the, the desire is to have, you know, an individual world currency, the it's the WF group or whatever the world, you know, world economics. Forum. Yeah, the world. Yeah, the, the, these these individuals that get together and uh, meet up on a semi-annual quarterly basis, and they all fly their you know hundred million dollar jets and then speak on emissions and things that are affecting you yeah. know greenhouse gases and how we need to get rid of all cars and stuff. And they all have you know these jets that yeah. that will emit more gases and toxins toxins into the environment than all the cars in the world. And maybe that's a false statement. I have no idea. But I, I would I would assume they don't do very well for the economy. But you've got these individuals that want to rule the world entirely and just unite everything instead of having it, you know, all segregated. Yeah. So I think that's simply it. They just want absolute power. Absolute power, again, absolute, absolute Yeah, 100%. Rights. You see, even with John F. Kennedy, he, he, that, he was finna expose everything. They, they yeah. killed his Clipped. ass. Yeah. Clip. Yeah, yeah, because the Federal Reserve is in the hands of a few. If you see who uh, initially who made the Federal Reserve back in, I think it was 19, I don't know, 19-something, it was the Rock, uh, Rothschilds Banking Group, the Rockefeller Banking yeah. Group. It was the War the Warburg Banking Group for Europe. So a Europe banking company helped uh, make the Federal Reserve because in Europe they already had a, a Federal Reserve. They already had um central bank, so they... The Central Bank of Europe, they helped uh, propagate the USA Federal Reserve. It's a really good book. I think you should read it. It expo exposes the fuck out of the Federal Reserve, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's called The Creature from Jekyll Island, bro. Jeez. You know my uncle, you know uh, Minority Mindset? Is it another book? No, nah, that's, that's a YouTuber. No. Oh, yeah. He's my uncle, so he taught me about that book. Yeah? yeah tell so him to hop on the podcast talk about it. Yeah. He's, he, you can look him up on there, but. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Tell him to hop on. Yeah. He's a, he's a good, um. That he's smart and he and he's he has pretty a lot of money, bro. Yeah, yeah. Tapped in. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. What else did you want to talk about? Anything else, bro? I just you know, I was going to talk about. Do you think there's a connection between trauma and success? Like you see all these individuals who are successful. What do they talk about in their past? There's they have trauma. They experience trauma. They're like my my childhood was um pretty rough. My upbringing was rough, and it just drove and it, they they say it drove them to be successful. Like. Do you think there's that connection between trauma and success? Yeah, I would say. So. I would say. Like I would even say with it's you, majority. You, even with you, you said you yeah. had a uh, poverty upbringing, and that tra that's trauma right there. Yeah. No child should go through that. And what it, what happened? Yeah, man. I, I would say, I would say the majority. Like the majority, yes. You know what I mean. I, I, there's obviously got to be a statistic of individuals that 
maybe didn't have an extreme amount of trauma, but but built up a you, successful there, there's life. There's a statistic where 70% of millionaires are first generation. Yes, yes. Why do you think that is? That trauma? Yeah, that I, trauma. I would agree. I would agree that trauma, and I think when you build something special, you asked me initially, it was like, what did you have to sacrifice? The sacrifices, that's what predetermines your level of success. Your, your ability and level of willingness to sacrifice, I think, directly corresponds with the altitude of your success. The higher you want to go, the more you got to be willing to give up in order to attain that mm -hmm. level of success. So I completely agree with that. I think there's trauma corresponds with success. And I think ultimately it really starts internally, though, of like how you perceive trauma. You know what I mean? Because yeah. some individuals might perceive what I went through as less or more than what they went through. And if they went through it and experienced it, it, it would have affected them differently. What is your definition of success? You know, my definition of success would be e eternal paradise with, with Jesus Christ, with my beliefs. A peace so, of mind. A piece, a piece of spirit, a piece of soul. Mm -hmm. And then I think I think monetarily in this world, I would, I would quote Socrates and I would say, what a shame is it for a man to live his entire life and never to experience peak physical fitness. Yeah. I've added into yeah. that peak physical, mental, spiritual, and intellectual fitness. You know what I mean? So if I can't train my mind, my body, my spirit, my soul to to attain, to to attempt to attain some level of peak at some point in this life, I've wasted the mere amount of time that, that God has blessed us with. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, what's the point of me living if I'm not trying to become the best possible version of myself in every aspect of myself? I owe it to myself. I owe it to the world. I owe it to my mother, my sister, my family. The, I just you owe it to you, so, so that would be my definition of success bilaterally. Why do, you, why do you think physical, being physically fit is important, especially in business? Why do you think it's important in business? It ain't even with, for your own well being. Yeah, diabetes will kill you faster than a six pack. Yeah. So, 100. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's. I think you're gonna be more respected. You'll respect yourself more when you get out of a car, you know, a nice car, and and you know you can see your feet. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? You don't have to be wheelchaired around or different things like that. And, and listen, I, I have, I am not like fat phobic or anything like that because I grew up eating tubs of icing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I never, I never, you know, I may have never been like absolutely some chunk, but like, you know, I've, I've all, I've got friends and, and family and actually, I don't know if I got any fat family anymore right now. So I feel like all my family's skinny right now. So. What what's your goals for the next five years? Like, what do you want to do? What what's what's the end goal? Billion, bro. In the next five, get to a bill, and we are nine thousand eight hundred sales reps away. So I just need in the next five years, I need to add like a thousand, two thousand, probably about yeah, probably about thirteen hundred sales reps to my organization over the next four and a half, five years to get there. How do you do that? How do you scale? What What's the... I just help people make money, and they tell their friends I'm making money, and then they come work here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I got a 20-year-old driving McLaren, so it's going yeah. pretty well. Yeah, that's the that's the main thing, because now you're at a point where you got to scale. So that's, yeah. a, that's a different mindset, mindset shift in itself. Yeah. Now you're a business owner. Now and I don't fear scale. scaling, because I don't fear giving anything up. You know what yeah, I mean? No. Like, I will spend however much time it takes reinvesting every dollar back in this business. I'll stay on this couch... I will give up everything as long as I don't have to give up my faith in my family. And I don't mind giving up some time with my family. You know what I mean? I'll tell mm -hmm. my sister she got to wait a year to see me. You yeah. know, that's, 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 what it is. that's what Jesus said. But as long as I, I won't compromise my faith. But mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I don't mind 
if if that's what's called upon me, hey, you know, Mama Leah, next five Christmases, you guys got to do it alone. I'm like war. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like other people, they get sad and they got to they gotta do what, you know, go do things with their family and go handle death and things like that. I'm like, if he dies, he dies. Mm -hmm. I have to go to war. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah, you know, if true. we went to war right now, it's true. do you think you can stop and go to a funeral? No, my, my homie died five... I buried him. I uh, buried him two hours later. I was in the gym, bro. Yeah. I was like, he he ain't died for he ain't, he ain't died for nothing. Yeah. I better I, I better owe it to him to get in that fucking gym today. Yeah. If he was alive, he would have told me to get in the gym. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the main thing, bro. And what's what's the end goal? What what do you want to do with your life? What's the end goal? Uh, you know, more and more, I just as I analyze, just you know how easy it is making all this money and how easy it is, you know, just just building a business and doing these these material things more and more i just want to make sure that we're a vessel for god you know what mm -hmm. i mean i take i i i respect the muslim community so much because they're so passionate about yeah. their they don't play their religion mm -hmm. and they don't play about it at all and i wish as christianity and myself that we didn't play about it and, and playing about it isn't making jokes about it yeah. i think sometimes playing about it is just not being serious being, about not it. being serious and vocal about it so i you know i challenge myself indefinitely just to be more serious, more protective, more passionate about being a vessel, utilizing this business that was blessed to me from God and making sure I am, I'm allowing it to be a pathway for individuals to experience the, the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in any way I can, and I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying my best not to swear on this podcast, but like, that's, that's, uh, I swear and I smoke cigars and things like that. So it's like, but, uh, yeah, man, you know, it's like, I, I try. You know, and that's what I want to be. I want to try to be an example of like, you don't gotta do things that other people do to find fulfillment or to be cool or get recognition or get the girl. Like, you know, I want the girl that that loves that I talk about Jesus so much. I want the girl that loves that I call my mom every night. I, mm -hmm. I want the girl that that knows like, you know what I mean. Like, if my sister needs me to go beat up her boyfriend, I will. You know that's what I mean? <laughs> like, like it. <laughs> <laughs> like I want like like I'm not trying to I'm trying to impress God you You're know not trying I mean? to have like, like 10 15 yeah, like, mamas bro that's yeah, too many bro, bills yeah like and no yeah I don't want like and like I'm not trying to impress today's average male of like you know how many girls can you get yeah, like lame. I'm trying to find one you girl know what I mean yeah that's going to be with me for the journey so now what we, so what beliefs what beliefs do you have then so I believe in uh, it's a Sikh religion it's 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 like it's like Christianity okay. believe it or not it's one god you know you live every day. Uh, it's monogamy from our. Uh, yeah, um, Sikh is my. Yeah, it's one God. But Hindu is the one with 20, 50 gods. Like, okay. So Sikh is one God. I think it's monotheism, not monogamy. I think it's one wife. Yeah. 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 So you live every day as if God is watching you. Yes. And you just respect everybody. It's, it's, yeah. it's like Christianity, bro. Believe it or not, it's like Christianity. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. So that's. I believe in Sikhism. And. Yeah, I mean, you got to believe in some... some yes. Even if you believe in a higher power, you got to believe in something. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to be a ruthless being. You're not going to give a fuck. You're not going to... Yeah. You're going to live out There's here... There's no moral doing, compass. Doing, yeah, you're going to do whatever the hell you want. And it's usually atheists are doing fuck shit around. Like, <laughs> it's, it's usually them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you can definitely see that, you know. Sometimes when, when people... And I always get curious because, you know, I always, I always tell people, like, just operate in correspondence with your moral conscience. And then I think, like... What? How is that person's moral conscience guiding them 
to do these weird things to themselves. You know what I mean? To portray themselves a certain way or treat people a certain way. Like, what is going on in your mind that you would think it would be okay to do something like that? You know, yeah. and then I'm like, you know, maybe we can't tell everybody to operate based off their moral code because maybe some people morally tell themselves it's okay to murder or yeah. it's okay to there's, there's true evil in the world yeah exactly so it's like evil. man it's you're torn you know maybe we send all those people to a, a special island yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah i'm thinking about joining the insurance company but i'm not gonna lie we'd love to have you bro yeah, we'd love to me, partner with you me and samaja are talking i'm, I'm doing the course yeah right you said now. you're gonna get your license yeah it's, let's it's go dude. Fucking, you gotta yeah. so north carolina do you your parents stay here or they stay there? No, nah, I live by myself in Lasso. It's a prep school. It's a boarding school. Is it all boys? Yeah, all boys. How we do just, you like that? It's good, bro. We have no school. We just play basketball. Yeah? yeah there's no it. drama? Yeah, so it's nothing. It's just basketball and I can work. Yeah. It's, it's like an island. Like, you just... An island it. of boys. Yeah. <laughs> like a Jeffrey Epstein island, but... <laughs> <laughs> but but you locked in. You there's no outside distractions. Yeah. I'm in the boonies, bro. The people else, hey boy, like they they talking like that. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yep. Yeah, I so, had that a lot in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so you locked in. There's no outside distractions. You can really focus on the goal. Six months, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna try to extract as much as I can from that. So that's why I'm like, I can sell insurance down there. Like I could just get a lead anywhere. List, call. Oh, I'd love to come to North Carolina. Yeah, I'd love to come there because I pastor. I watch Stephen Furtick. Every Sunday, his church is in uh, North Carolina. What, where is it? Monkstown or something? Yeah, it's near there. Something, mm -hmm. yeah, something North Carolina. But I went to Top Sail Island in North Carolina uh, once, and that's a, somewhere along the beach up there. So yeah, I'd bro, love to come to North Carolina. Even, you could, I could work. I could be calling after practice before. Like, yeah. I can be, so that's the main thing. I was just We're going to build a massive insurance business in North Carolina, man. Yeah, bro. I just want to. I just want to try everything, bro, because I'm so young. Yeah. You know, just fuck it, bro. Just try everything. Throw it out there. See what works. See what yeah. doesn't. Build off it. Learn knowledge. You, you know, I came here just to like learn, get an um, insight. Like I want to learn from you. Yeah. Like what is your mindset? How'd you build this? What'd you do? What, what was your mind? What was your habits? What was your you know? Yeah. Did you read books? Did you not? All, all those are read. Yeah, bro. So uh, you. This is learning read. is earning, bro. Learning yes. is earning, bro. So that's like. I just try to get around the. I just try to get around people, business owners, successful people as as much as I can. Yeah. Because that's eventually that's can be my circle. That's so the key. I can, I can make my reality into theirs. So that's, yeah. That's the main thing because I'm just I'm just over this teenage mentality. It was like, how many girls can you get? You know, let's go do drugs. Let's go party. Yeah. I'm I'm just over that, bro. I'll yeah. I'll take one girl rather than five. One girl I'd be down for the journey where we can look back after five years and be like, damn, we made it. So yes, sir. That's what I'm looking for, bro. And just. If you're not with that, then I don't want you. Simple. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I think it's, I think people don't realize that there are far, there are way more great girls out there than, than people think. Mm -hmm. They're just, they just look at the wrong area. Like, you're not going to find this girl on Tinder, dude. Yeah, you know I know. what I mean? Like, so. You're tucked away in bed, bro, reading some doing yeah. something. Yeah. So that's, Let's go. That's the main thing, bro. Yeah, but I'm a, for sure, insurance, I'm going to join it, bro. Let's I've go. Seen a lot of people winning, bro. A lot of people. A lot. A yeah. lot of individuals, but man. Why, so I want to ask you, because a lot of people think it's just, like, why do people think this is a scam? Yeah, so I think, you know, when, again, you oppose mainstream media mm -hmm. and mainstream propaganda and societal regulations and societal commonality of, like, this is what we've always done, this is what we want to always do. So if you step outside of our familiarity, yeah. anything people aren't familiar with, it's a scam. They hate on it. It's the devil. It's you crazy. I mean? There's it's so evil. many haters out there, bro. So, you go on any Instagram post, and yeah. there's 
99% are haters. It's yeah. crazy. Like, why are you hating, bro? Are you that sad? Like, yeah. come on, bro. But yeah, bro. It's, I'm going to join it soon. I'm going to start making money, bro. Let's go. Because I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire. I can have I see to be. It. I see it, bro. Yeah. I, 100%. But you have to be because the way things are going, basically a millionaire is going to be like a hundred thousand there. You know yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you got to be a hundred millionaire. Yeah, you got to make a lot of money. Yeah. Man. Inflation doesn't affect the rich, bro. The Absolutely. wealthy it does not affect the wealthy at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. They're still gonna have a hundred million. Hundred million is gonna be a hundred million. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's not gonna affect them at all, bro. Yeah. Any other questions or anything else? Nah, bro. I appreciate it, bro. Appreciate you, big yeah, dog. Bro. Where can people find find you if they want to hit you up, come do insurance with you? Uh Instagram, Ani Singh 05, A-N-I-S-I-N-G-H 05. Let's go. Yeah. Guys, this was Ani Singh. Make sure you guys tune in, follow. If you enjoyed, subscribe to the podcast. I also run a free consulting group on GroupMe on how I scale my insurance company. We did about $20 million in sales over the last uh, three, four years. So if you're interested in making money, selling life insurance, or building an insurance business and scaling, reach out. Love to help you out. Have a great day, guys.